Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, loves, wherever you are in this world. I hope you are blessed, giving honor to the Most High Yah. So I want to do something positive, and I want to continue to show love to those people who made um, significant contributions to this world. So we are back on our Black Inventor, so let's get started. We're going to talk about Thomas L. Jennings. Um... Let's go. All right. Y'all ready? Excuse me. Thomas L. Jennings was the first black man to receive a patent. The patent was awarded on March 3rd, 1821. U.S. Patent 3306X for his discovery of a process called dry scoring, which was the forerunner of today's modern dry cleaning. Jennings was born free in New York City. I might have done this story before. New York in 1791, and I just had deja vu. That's crazy. In his early 20s, he became a tailor, but then opened a dry cleaning business in the city. While running his business, Jennings developed dry scoring. The the patent to Jennings, Jennings generated considerable controversy during this period. Slaves at this time could not patent their own inventions. Their effort was the property of their master. This regulation dated back to the U.S. Patent Laws of 1793. The regulation was based on the legal presumption that the master is the owner of the fruits of the labor of the slave, both manual and intellectual. Ain't that something? I'm going to repeat that again. Jennings' patent was controversial because during this period, slaves at this time could not patent their own inventions. Their effort was the property of their master. This regulation dated back to the U.S. Patent Laws of 1793. The regulation was based on the legal presumption that the master is the owner of the fruits of the labor of the slave, both manual and intellectual. Patent courts also held that slaves were not citizens and therefore could not own rights to their invention. In 1861, patents' rights were finally extended to slaves. Thomas Jennings, however, was a free man and thus was able to gain exclusive rights to his invention and profit from it. Jennings was a passionate abolitionist who used the income from his invention to free the rest of his family from slavery and fund abolitionist causes. He served as an assistant secretary of the first annual convention of the people of color, which met in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in June, 1831. Thomas Jennings died in New York City in 1856. It was a very interesting story. Very interesting story. Um, Our next inventor will be, and I hope I haven't done him yet, but will be Henry Blair. Let me start off by referencing that. The website I'm on is um, blackpass.org, blackpass.org. So you can go look up a lot of information on this website. Um, And I really love this website. Um... I hope it doesn't have any discrepancies, but I love this website. So 
Henry Blair was an African-American inventor who in 1834 became only the second man to receive a United States patent for his mechanical corn planter. For years, Blair was believed to be the first African-American to receive a patent, but it was later discovered that Thomas Jennings, who we just spoke about, received a patent in 1821 for his creation of the dry cleaning process. Blair is most renowned for his inventions of the corn planter and a mechanical cotton planter. Blair's inventions improved the productivity of corn and cotton agriculture. Blair was born in Glen Ross, Maryland in 1807. There is scant scant information regarding his early life or family background. However, Blair appears to have never been enslaved due to his patent eligibility. Enslaved people could not register patents with the United States government. Blair managed his own independent business as a commercial farmer near Glen Ross. Although he was unable to read or write, it is also worth noting that Henry Blair is the only inventor denoted as a colored man in the records of the U.S. Patents Office. Hmm. After finding success as a farmer, Blair proved himself a capable inventor. On October 14, 1834, Blair received his patent for his mechanical corn seed planter. Blair's corn planter resembles a wheelbarrow with a chamber fixed to the bottom that disperses the seed. After the seed is dispersed, rakes attached to the back of the wheelbarrow drag over the seed to cover them with soil. Blair's corn planter resulted in more efficient crop planting and resulted in greater overall yields for farmers. According to an 1836 article from the Mechanics Magazine, Blair's invention was conjectured to save the labor of eight men. On August 31, 1836, Blair obtained a patent for his mechanical corn planter The device is essentially an adaption of Blair's, let me repeat that, I apologize, on August 31st, 1836, Blair obtained a patent for his mechanical cotton planter. The device is an essential adaption of Blair's corn planter optimized for cotton. The cotton planter also resembled a wheelbarrow, but it had two blades that split the earth while the cylinder located behind the blades dispersed the seeds into the freshly plowed groves. Henry Blair died in Maryland in 1860 of unknown causes. Man, when I tell you our people are amazing, shout out to Henry Blair. Our next person our next inventor is Norbert Rillo I think that's his name but here we go it's um, his last name is R-I-L-L-I-E-O-U-X no that's wrong excuse me R-I-L-L-I-E-U-X so Norbert two centuries ago Norbert Rullio was born in Louisiana, the son of a wealthy French engineer and a black slave woman. 
As a free Creole born of privilege, Rulio attended private Catholic school and later studied engineering in France. His education allowed him to become an expert in steam engines at the time. At the age of 24, Rulio became an instructor at La it I can't spell that. It's a it's a it's in Paris. So I can't say it, so let me spell it. L E C O L E C E N T R A L E in Paris, where he published several papers on the steam engine and steam economy. In the early 1830s, Julio returned home to his father's sugarcane plantation in Louisiana, where the crop, crop grown and harvested was also processed into refined sugar. He noted the labor intensive process as slow expensive and inefficient because it involved the handling of boiling hot liquids. Rulio also noticed that the slaves on the plantation performed most of this potentially dangerous labor while working on his father's plantation. Rulio discovered a way to transform the sugar refined process. He enclosed the condensing coils in a vacuum chamber, lowering the boiling points of the liquid allowing the juices to evaporate in a second chamber under a higher vacuum. This process developed by Rubio, Aurelio greatly reduced the production costs and provided a superior quality of sugar. So I guess that's also another example of black folks owning slaves because I didn't miss that part. I heard, I heard what I read. In 1843, Rilio experienced further success when Theodore Packwood and Judah P. Benjamin, prominently Louisiana planters, were awarded prizes for producing the best refined sugar. The publicity credited Rulio's sugar boiling process. By 1846, Rulio's evaporators were widely used across Louisiana and were first adopted in Cuba and Mexico the following year. So I'm saying allegedly, but he did say that he noticed when he went back to his father's plantation or his home, the slaves, he noticed how the slaves were doing the sugar and he came up with a better way. So I'm just saying that. So I'm going to have to do some more research on that. Rulio was, despite his color, Rulio was, despite his color, now the most sought-after engineer in Louisiana. Nonetheless, he still resented the discrimination he faced and in 1854 returned to France. He continued working on his various innovations in sugar processing and published papers on the uses of steam. Finding Europeans to be disinterested in sugar processing, he secured a scholarship and the rest of his life deciphered hieroglyphics. Norbert Rulio died on October 8, 1894 in Paris. He left behind the legacy of having revolutionized the sugar industry. He was buried in the cemetery in France. So that's, that's a very interesting story. Um. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's hella interesting. Um, he passing though, cause there's a picture of him. He as a black man, no matter what, what you say, but his story was interesting. It's amazing reading these different stories and noticing how much 
are black men and women and I need to get I hope I find some women on here um was such a contribution to this this country but you know y'all don't speak that truth but we're gonna speak it on here and my last person of today is Benjamin Bradley Benjamin Bradley was the first person to develop a working model of a steam engine for a warship. Born in Maryland around 1830, Bradley was owned by an unidentified slaveholder in Annapolis, Maryland. While living in Annapolis, Bradley worked for a printing company at a young age. At the age of 16, he demonstrated his great skill in mechanical engineering. He constructed a model of a steam engine out of two pieces of steel, a gun barrel, and pewter. Impressed by this feat, his master arranged for Bradley to work at the Department of Natural and Experimental Philosophy at the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. Bradley became the first African-American to hold any but menial post at the Naval Academy. Bradley learned to read and write at the academy. In time, he became an assistant who set up experiments for the academy's facility. While working at the Naval Academy, he sold his first small steam engine to a midshipman living in Annapolis. The engine was powerful enough to run a small boat. Bradley used this money to expand on his findings and create even large, create an even larger model. Around 1856, Bradley built an engine that was capable of propelling the first sloop of war, a small warship carrying guns on a deck, at the rate of 16 knots an hour. His engine was the first ever created that was powerful enough to run a warship. Bradley was unable to patent his invention under under the United States law because he was a slave. He did, however, sell this engine and earn enough money to purchase his freedom. His date of death is unknown, and I feel like they need to um, correct history, put that patent under his name now, and pay the reparations to his family. How about that? But good shout out to Benjamin Bradley for basically creating the first power engine for a warship. You know what I'm saying? And they probably didn't even give you the money that you deserve for that. And we have plenty of warships now. And those warships are probably supplying the the same engines, the specs for the engines you created. Yes, they've probably updated them. But that's something that needs to be looked into. So um, I want to thank you guys for joining me today on this episode of black inventors i hope you enjoy if i misspoke any names or anything like that please forgive me because i'm trying to pay all due respect to those who came before us and made this united states of america what it is today